Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting from Doksu Village on Jeju Island, this is The Korea File, a weekly podcast about music, culture, and society from around the peninsula. I'm Andre Goulet. On this episode, Jeju Weekly Editor-in-Chief Darren Southcott turns the mic around and talks to me about what it's like podcasting and practicing advocacy journalism here in Korea. Well, I'm sitting here with Andre Goulet. First of all, uh, I really like your podcast. I like the issues you deal with. And um, it's very apparent that these are issues, actually, that you you don't seem to have randomly picked issues. They seem to be issues which you're very much uh, interested in. And I wonder, what is your background? Do you have a background in perhaps some sort of activism back home or in, in these kind of political areas? It's more casual and more intellectual because I, I read a lot, but I've been someone who was like marginally activisty in progressive realms um, since I was a kid since 2000 or whatever um, so yeah like I'm interested in these aspects of Jeju or Korea because of my background but that's just more hardwired into me the stuff I deal with tends to find me because Jeju is not a very big place and the people that I have met through my wife who does research here on language preservation have tended to be people who are engaged and involved in uh, some of the more interesting aspects of contemporary Jeju and contemporary So back in Canada, how did you deal with these same issues? In Canada, I did community radio in Montreal for the sort of McGill University affiliate, but it's kind of a like really far left, like super progressive radio station that their whole modus operandi is giving a voice to the voiceless. So working for the news co-op, it wasn't a news department, it was a cooperative, uh, we had to cover stories that were like anything that wouldn't be covered in the mainstream media. So that's kind of my background, and that would mean covering people squatting somewhere for a semi-political reason, or uh, people uh, protesting things. uh, academics who were studying different sorts of things. Was so, that kind of an awakening for you to move into those areas, or I was already no, that was already like my background, but that was a different sort of engagement than just sort of going to a rally or something. Um, and I had been away from Canada in Korea for five years, and that was a way to re-engage in my community in Montreal. And that was a way to engage in those issues on a person-to-person level. Yes. Yeah. Although. What I find is that I'm more comfortable engaging with the people who are actually doing something about it than being an activist myself. It's really interesting to get the stories from people, but yeah, I'm just a lot more comfortable talking about it with them and having them share their experience than, you know, having like a super strong perspective on global warming or uh, uh, like uh, uh, 
tuition levels or whatever. You seem very personable, actually. Listening to your podcast, you're very good at listening to the, whoever you're interviewing. Is that something that you work to develop? Is it a skill that you worked out over time? I guess so. I think it's important in interview podcasts and probably radio as well to really be a listener. I do my best to keep myself out of the conversation because it's not about me, obviously. Um, and if I'm doing my job right, it's when I get someone to talk about the subjects that I'm hoping they'll talk about. How do you think, going back to your actual your work on the podcast, how do you think a podcast differs in its function from radio, traditional radio? It's more personal because we choose to listen to it. Radio is more random. Um, radio we turn on in our car and it's just whatever's playing. And if it's good, it keeps you there. And when you drive up to your garage before going in you just stay in the car and, fin- and wait till it's done with podcasts you know you hit pause when you get off the elliptical machine at the gym <clears throat> and then you pick up it, pick it up again when you get in the subway so yeah podcasting is like more intimate that way and more personal and also the way it's produced and the stories that are told might be more personal as well because someone who's podcasting is going to pursue a story that they're interested in and if they're not really interested in it it might not be that interesting or why would they bother producing it does, at all does that change how you approach your subject at all i guess so um there's things there's people i've met in korea or on jeju that have interesting stories but i'm not that interested these days in hearing like the personal story about somebody so if i interview uh, 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 here, I don't really want to know like what brought you to Korea or what you do here. I'm more interested in the topic that you know a lot about and that you can sort of share your uh, expertise about. Bearing that in mind, what brought you to Korea? In 2006, I came on a whim. I taught in Taiwan from 2001 to 2004, also on a whim after university. Came back from Taiwan, moved back to Montreal. Moved back to Korea just because like, I had a couple years in Montreal and I was like, wanted to try something new. Came to Korea on a whim and that whim turned into five years, meeting my partner and also having Korea just like totally get under my skin and become sort of a place that really emotionally and intellectually engaged me. I returned here this year, or last year in 2014, because my partner is doing language preservation on a Fulbright fellowship. So I came to teach again. And I just started pursuing the podcasting because I've been working in radio. Uh, Why do you say it got under your skin? What was it about Korea? Well, in my perspective, Korea is not like the most exotic place. I don't like walk around the streets just marveling at how totally crazy everything is. Like the neon's cool, but it doesn't quite compare to actually anywhere else I've been in Asia. What's fascinating about Korea is Korea itself and the people culture, the history, and especially like the contemporary history. So when I say it got under my skin, I guess I mean that it's not like this um, fleeting love affair. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that's like really deeply immersed in like how I look at the world. Mm-hmm. Korea is always like in the peripheral. Do you think it's changed you as a person? I mean, when you go home, you'll, you'll use your experiences here and you might you might change the direction you move in somehow. I guess, it, yeah, it, it, living somewhere for a long time makes you engaged in the sort of geopolitical things and, and awareness of other cultures and stuff like that. So, yes. <laughs> but, 
yeah, I don't really see it having changed me that much. You, you're from Montreal? Yeah, but I lived in Western Canada for nine years and I was born in Central Canada. I, I've heard people say Montreal is kind of like the cultural hotspot for Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here on Jeju, which is a, a small island, um, not as much cultural activity going on. How did you deal with that? Because your podcast very much deals in cultural uh, cultural subjects and people who are involved in culture mm. and it seems like you've tried to sort of keep that around you to a certain extent well in Montreal it was always like being someone who was engaging from the outside because although I've lived there off and on and my family lives there and my father was born there and stuff it's home-ish but not really home so every story I would cover was definitely like just some guy being like, okay, I'm going to make 10 questions to ask this academic about this certain topic or to interview this activist about this certain thing. And it wasn't something where I was so engaged personally. So coming back to Korea and then coming to Jeju, um, yeah, I I guess I, I tend to get really fascinated in wherever I'm living. So Korea was already fascinating, but Jeju is really interesting and as I've sort of developed the podcast, I've gotten more interested in sort of trying to share the stories of things that are happening, like our, uh, our mutual acquaintance who is studying, researching uh, Jeju shamanism, friends of ours who research uh, Jeju urban development, Jeju linguistics. There's, yeah, Jeju is such a unique place. There's a lot of interesting things going on. Who is the subject of your interviews? Are, are you talking to the individual or to their subject that they're interested in? Because you, you as you said, Anne Bush, you've interviewed about development tourism here. Joey Rostano does shamanism. Tommy Tran, who's a scholar. They're dealing with very interesting areas about Jeju. But are you interviewing them? Do you want them to come out in your interview? I think it's about interviewing the person. But for a person who's really like... You know, savvy about what their, their focus is, they'll end up talking about that. In terms of other things, uh, or other people that I've interviewed, yeah, I, I think that it was just an interesting person that I wanted to have a conversation with. And I think that's relevant too. Like, it's possible to, in a place like Jeju, have been here for only six months or a year or two years and still have a perspective. And sharing that is meaningful because most people in Korea aren't experiencing Jeju. It's a pretty big blind spot. I don't know if you have friends, a lot of friends in Seoul, but most buddies will be, I'll be like, come on down to Jeju. You gotta come down and like, your band should play down here or something. And the amount of people who are like, oh yeah, I don't know, it's really far away. Pretty incredible. Like, in Seoul, there's this psychological block where you can't imagine going to Jeju. I didn't come to Jeju my five years in Korea. First time around. It was just, why, why would I be there? That's so far away. So, yeah, being here, I think, is actually kind of a special thing. Um, and I think most people could speak to it in a certain way if they were comfortable and just sort of talking about it, what the experience has been like. What do you see as the role of the podcast? I think in Korea, there's... Not even a handful, maybe just me and Korea and the world um, who do sort of pseudo academic stuff. Korea and the world is like straight up academic. Those guys go to Seoul National University and like, have you heard their podcast? Yeah. It's really good. It's, I find it a little bit beige. Like, I don't find it very engaging. It's interesting. Um, 
but it's not that engaging. I think what I hope my podcast is is, is an opportunity for people to talk really comfortably and casually about topics that are important to them and then have a, a opening and outing bed of like some good old Korean music from the 70s or something interesting and just sort of share that part of what's interesting to me about Korea. I interview a lot of indie bands too, that's been a big part, of, and musicians, and that's been a big part of the podcast. Once every month or five weeks, uh, I put out an episode with a band, and that's kind of unique. Not a lot of people are doing that. Is there an area you want to move to now with your podcast? Yeah, I'm moving to Ann Arbor, Michigan, so my partner can begin her grad school studies. So I'm not really sure where the podcast, I don't know how the podcast will develop uh, out of Ann Arbor. What are the areas you haven't touched on that you wanted to engage in? Every time we, every time I do an interview, it's like there's a couple other things that flare up that should have been talked about that I didn't capitalize on or maybe chose not to capitalize on because I want to keep the episodes at 30 minutes or so. So, like, I guess one of the great things about Korea is that it's never it's a never ending story it's an onion and you peel back a layer and there's more underneath so and it makes you cry <laughs> and it makes you cry so if I've discussed shamanism with Joey Rosatano um, there's more to be told about it if I discuss uh, the environment in Jeju with Darren Southcott there's more to be talked about um, yeah with Korea there's always more and it's an underserved uh, part of the world in spite of the fact that it's more and more meaningful in terms of like economics soft power geopolitical stuff yeah I have to say one thing that actually scares me a bit about audio is the mm. fact that you can't mould and sculpt your own idea of what it's going to be when you're writing an article you have a lot more freedom about what to include and, and how to write it when you're doing a podcast it's very much open ended how does that change how you approach it well I don't write articles. So as a journalist, when you're writing, is it really coming just from this like deep place where it's kind of all about your intellectual expression on the page? It depends on what the, the topic or subject is. If it's about the person, then make it about the person. But And in, ra- in radio or in podcasting, it's not about the topic so much as the journey in the conversation. So it doesn't really matter where it ends up or even where it goes as long as it stays on the rails and the person manages to like comfortably speak about something that they uh, have reason to have knowledge about. So what do you think? Like, So how does this sort of... This is not journalism, by the way. Podcasting is not journalism. What is it if it's not journalism? It's sharing something. Well, it's interesting to, to talk about the differences because when you're writing an article, you know what you need for it and you can gather those bits of information and, and create the article. Um, and if you don't have a bit of information, you can search that out. Mm. With a podcast, you're very much you're sort of set free and you don't know where it's going to go or where it's going to end. And that was what I was getting at. What did I bring to our interview? I brought 25 questions that I typed out this afternoon after doing like a cursory but you know engaged amount of research it did not need to be perfect because the difference is is that a conversation that's listened to is different than an article which is read if I read an article there's certain expectations otherwise it's a blog Um, and with an interview it's more about just sort of like listening and being carried along and, and learning something along the way I think that's one an important point to make when you listen to your podcast 
it doesn't feel like it is just a podcast it does seem to have much more of a focus it's you said intellectually focused it's much more um it's informative it's designed to be um perhaps even activism in a way i mean you deal with subjects that dissemination you, dissemination of information hoping to get people's views out there rather than just a perhaps a free flow of information is not doing it justice yeah i mean also that like it would be a different sort of podcast if you needed absolute facts that's definitely not what i do and i'm not sure that a lot of the people that i've spoken with in korea or on jeju really have absolute facts like no that's the di- that's the difference the nature of a podcast is a conversation and it's just sort of more casual i spoke with michael breen who wrote the koreans uh, the seminal book about koreans from an outsider's perspective he's great and it was super interesting but he didn't tell me definite facts it was like a little bit of gossip, a little bit of personal experience, some life history, uh, some perspective, some sort of legacy uh, perspective, because he's been on Korea for 30 years. But at the end of like an hour and two episodes, there was no answers. It was just someone who was informed talking about the place that he had chosen to call home. He came here as a Mooney. He oh, ma- did he? He married, he married his Mooney, his first wife, uh, also and Mooney. not together anymore. No. Uh, well, he moved, like, his career developed out of that. And he uh, was a stringer for The Guardian and uh, The Washington Times, wow. which was the right-wing uh, mm. national paper, the Mooney-sponsored paper. And that blew my mind. Mm. So I guess, like, podcasts are about that, too. Just sort of, like, incidental shocks that it's like, what? that's not official. That wouldn't come out in an article because right. that would get plucked out by someone who would have vested interest in not having that. Thing. And that makes the podcast more interesting, right? Because you don't know what you're going to get when you start. Perhaps. That's true. <laughs> Do you have any favorites that when you look back on what you've done in your time here? I guess it's mostly about like, it was tough to technically get, this is not a technically proficient podcast, but it's at the point now where like, I don't feel terrible about it. So I can't look at the first five months. I can only look at the last like 10 episodes. And of those last 10 episodes, I really like what I've done with the Jeju interviews because I've been living here for almost a year now and these aren't stories that are told. Um, the shamanism stuff, this is unique to Korea, really unique. And this dude that you know we're buddies with, he is so immersed and obsessed with this topic so he cares so much having that shared about like in a in a long-form conversation is is something pretty cool darren thanks a lot for speaking to me about the korea file it's been great it's, it was <laughs> nice to turn the tables darren sethkat is the editor of the jeju weekly Andre Goulet is the, the, the chief podcaster at uh, The Career File. It's been great talking to you. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you. That's The Career File for this week. You can find new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher and as a feature contributor at koreafm.net, koreabridge.net, eslrok.com, and blogtalkradio.org. If you like what you hear, like us on Facebook. 
The Korea File will be on hiatus for a month, but will return as a bi-weekly podcast in September. For more on Korean music, culture, and society, including pieces on Jeju's Gumjang Naval Base, traveling in North Korea, and an interview on South Korean cults activity, tune in on September 16th. Thanks for listening. From Daksu Village on Jeju Island, I'm Andre Gulay. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.